1: So our film this week is an incredibly funny film, Pascal. It's also a gangster film. It's an an ensemble cast film. Uh, It's also one of those films that sometimes plays around with different timelines so that things happen in sequence and then sometimes they happen out of sequence. And it's also one of those films where different stories sort of interweave with each other where but some characters within the film actually never interact intentionally within the film so this is Snatch from the year 2000 directed by Guy Ritchie and starring just about everybody else Jason Statham, who's one of my favorite um, action heroes now. Stephen Graham, who's become incredibly famous recently with his Very. roles in Line of Duty and and the more recent... Uh, Series time about a prison officer Lenny James who's gone on to be in Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead Vinnie Jones who used to be a footballer now an actor Brad Pitt uh, doing the most incredible sort of Irish gypsy type um, accent you've ever heard Alan Ford who is the archetypal East End Gangster. Uh Benica del Toro, uh who was actually in the aforementioned um James Bond film, the second James Bond film with the Timothy Dalton, directed by John Glenn. Wow. And uh Dennis Farina, he's been in loads of things. Oh, and, and I just and, love this guy. <laughs> and Mike Reed, who was uh, was in East Enders for a long time. So so wow, Snatch has got... So many actors in it. But.
2: Indeed, and well done for remembering all of them and more, Jason flaming uh, The least I feel guilty of, I think we should mention everybody, including Matthew Vaughan, the producer, because uh, talk about a labor of love, talk about pure indie filmmaking, pure British grit in making the film happen. But also, now that we have the luxury of watching the making of and behind the
1: scenes, they had a blast making yeah. this snatch. Yeah. And as as you say, it, it is incredibly funny. I find the script is one of those pieces of perfection where there's almost not a line that doesn't advance the plot, but also it's so well written And some of the humour, again, is visual humour. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about many of the jokes because actually the language in the (laughs) film is is pretty explicit. Uh, Pretty much every other word is an F word or a C word or something. Uh, But a lot of the humour, I find, actually comes out of the use of um, expletives because they use it in a way... I don't know what I'm trying to say, whereas it doesn't actually feel as offensive as it might do in in, in other circumstances. It's
2: almost yeah, the, the, the average lilt of using a you know, as they do in Father Ted and so on. Yes. Uh, and I think you're right, the writing is such that when there is, you know, the swear word, which is why I'm sure Guy Ritchie Matthew von I uh, 20 years later, they retain their 18th certificate from the yes. BBFC. The, yes. um, the, the language is part and parcel of the character's identity and, of course, the world that they live in. What I love about the film is right, it's really clever. I mean, at first watch, one could say a bit dated, a bit this, a bit that. But actually, if you really st- stop for a moment, I realise how complex the storylines are doing. You talk about the storylines and characters almost never quite meeting, although they cross mm-hmm. each other without realizing mm-hmm. that takes serious storyboarding, that takes serious scripting. I mean, I imagine they had a whiteboard with all the post-its, everything mm-hmm. to make sure that they didn't mess it up. And as we're going to talk about in a moment, Guy Ritchie, I'd imagine being the director on, the, on this occasion, Matthew Vaughan, the producer, really claimed his visual storytelling style. And for me, is what we would say in France is an auteur, is an author. The way he chooses to film, edit, and project you know, the story is unique to him. And it belongs to this
1: generation of
2: filmmakers who really make a difference.
1: Yeah, and again again a lot of the humor often often comes just from the expressions on the actors faces <laughs> i mean there's one scene quite early on and i can talk about this because there actually isn't any dialogue they're actually in a getaway car oh, and God. one of one of the one of the characters um <laughs> is called Tyrone and That's he's right. a fairly sizable gentleman he's he's quite quite large and he's got a very thick leather coat on so so they're talking about being a getaway driver and this guy takes about 30 seconds to get out of the car because he's so big and and he's and his leather jackets squeaking and rustling and and scraping against the side of the car but it's the expressions of the two other people in the car sort of this sort of combination of disbelief and you know you're supposed to be a getaway driver and look at you and, and get out of the car and, you know, when I watch that scene, I'm absolutely rolling around laughing my head off. And, you, you know, some people might think, what's funny about that? But it's the looks on these guys' faces. And it's things like that all the way through the film. You look at the people and the way they react to the situation. And that's funny in itself. It's
2: very funny because, actually, pretty much every single character, with the exception of Mickey, uh-huh. are just hapless incompetent gangsters. Maybe Bricktop um, we're going to come on to because you always need a good villain. But you've got Saul, Tyron, and Vincent who want to rob... Uh, people and, and be rich and they have Tyron who is the getaway driver who can't get out of the car, can't even drive and park properly so um, if you remember the scene where they want to rob the bookies and he parks really far away and he said yes. well why are you not park there because there's not enough room, he doesn't know how to do essentially a reverse car parking yeah. and so you've got this kind of lunacy of people so in the case of um, Turkish played by Jason Statham and Tommy with Stephen Graham they want to become big, successful, wealthy boxing promoters, and they use illegal boxing as a shortcut, and unfortunately for them, enter the world of Bricktop, who eventually has something on them.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, Bricktop is, uh, just to me, the archetypal sort of British villain. You know, he's he's got that just... Glorious Cockney accent, you know, real deep East End thug type accent. I, incidentally, um, Alan Ford went on to do a series of sketches as the East End thug really? in the uh, uh, Orlando Inucci, Inucci, uh TV series a, a number of years later. And, it, and he's basically Bricktop but he's doing all sorts of different scenes, so that's always worth going to see. But the actor is as scary as hell. I mean, he's got his great big glasses on, which make his eyes look big. He's got the big teeth. And then combined with that Cockney accent, I just think the guy is as
2: scary as hell. That delivery. And what is interesting about the film, so there's a moment where you you realize these are larger than life characters this is almost a fantasy you can imagine that guy ritchie i'd heard the stories tell, told in pubs yes. but they've been embellished and amplified by the tenth time you've heard the story you know, the, the characters have, have changed and i love this idea of being over the top But there's a moment in the film where you get a massive slap in the face where it turns, where Bricktop essentially takes action. Mm. And I'm not sure whether we can say more if you have not seen Snatch, but you know the moment I mean where literally he goes on to make sure that people understand that he's in charge. And that really shocked me because up to that point, there's an element of humor, comedy, almost fantasy, and then Mm. suddenly you're brought back down to earth with this act of violence. I kind of go, crap, this guy is dangerous
1: yeah absolutely right and i also find that so the, the directional style is quite intriguing as well um you know quite a lot of things actually happen off screen um there's the there's one bit um where you've got bullet tooth tony and he's got um <laughs> his uh, uh the accomplice is a guy who comes over from america with um, dennis farina and and this this big guy saying it's okay I'll take him on I'll take him on and I'll beat him up and then literally the next scene is them in the back of the car with this guy who was just saying I'll take him on he's got blood all over his face and he's obviously taken him on and had the crap beaten out of him but all of that happened off screen I don't know whether it was ever filmed or whether it was intentionally like that but you think oh Guy Ritchie is such a good storyteller, he decided we didn't actually need to see yeah. that bit. And um, so let's
2: go back to, to that, Roger. Forgive me, The 20 years ago, yeah. if you watch the first 10 minutes of Snatch, in there, you've got all the editing skills and transition skills that vloggers are claiming they have invented. And I'm sorry to say for <laughs> all of you, 2000, at least to say six years before YouTube, Guy Ritchie was doing the transitions, the panning, the cutting, the rotation, everything that you forgive me, younger people out there think you have invented. Um if you want to be good at video editing, watch a Guy Ritchie movie. But would you agree that the whole opening sequence after the the robbing of, of the um it's not a bank is it? Is a I suppose a store, and yeah. then the the transition to the different characters and the freeze framing and so on is just spectacular. And again, would have been very hard to do in two thousand.
1: Yeah, and um, one thing that stands out for me is his use of monitors. You know, in the in the oh, early yeah, yeah. In the early scene you've described there, where the um, where the baddies are going into the jewelry store or whatever it is the first few scenes actually take place on monitors, don't they? And he, and he pans down to each monitor, and each monitor is obviously a security monitor um, monitoring a different part of the store. So you see them walking through, you see them in the lift, you see them coming through the door. But throughout the film... There are monitors now. That I, I again, the aforementioned scene where you said Bricktop goes and starts getting very violent. You know, there's a there's a scene where he walks into the room, but in the background you can see him actually on a monitor before he enters the scene, and it's it's just little things like that. that yeah, yeah, just genius. It's part of the language. It's it's a wonderful light
2: motive. What I love as well, um what Guy Richard did in this film, is show. With limitation comes ingenuity and innovation. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. many of the things that you see, it was because they were stuck for short of time, short of budget. Uh, so the jump cut, which can be deemed to be quite severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's back to this idea of, you know, it's a fantasy tale and you can't afford to do that. But I was also reminiscing about this idea of can you imagine if someone get in touch with you and say, I've written this film, I would like you to be Frankie Four Fingers. Yes. I've written this film but I'd like you to be Boris de Blade I mean just that you don't have to read the script you just agree to it wouldn't you
1: yeah dug the head <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, it's just it's just joyous Cous, cousin Avi Avi oh, oh, I, I, I absolutely love it and, and you know even, even you know, every time Avi goes across the Atlantic you get this tiny little set of jump cuts of him sitting down in the Concorde, knocking back his, uh, his short uh, having his passport stamped and then he's at the other end you know it's yep. I just, I just love and, that,
2: and once again, a, a visual language that had not been seen in that way. That was pre, uh, you know, internet. I mean, internet has been around for four, or five years at that time. But yeah. again, just into people, this is what you can do. And and, and I think um, we're very lucky not only to have that from a British production, but also to have it to refer back to because there's so much that this movie can do. We're going to talk about the marketing in a moment, but also for me. To be inspired as a video
1: creator, this movie as it all. Yeah, and we, we probably have to mention Brad Pitt. Of course. Um, obviously, major star even at the time. Uh, and he plays this character who has this sort of... Jumbled up language, which is a cross between Irish. It's probably a little bit of um, uh, Romanian Gypsy language as well. And and he's he's totally and utterly incoherent when he talks, unless you listen incredibly carefully to how he what he actually says. Uh, And that again, there's so much humour in that because most of the other characters in the film haven't a clue what he's talking about, and yet. They then base their next set of actions on what he said, and, and you think you didn't, you don't know what he said yet. You're going to go ahead and do something on the back of it. It's it's genius.
2: And, and back to what I was saying earlier, you realise at the very end that Mickey, albeit you could could have been uh, thought of a character that doesn't really get it,
1: was yeah. the smartest of all of them. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, he played. Absolutely everybody. So we we need to talk about the marketing because we've mm-hmm. we've talked a lot a lot about the actual film itself. Again, it's it's just over twenty years old. Probably not as massively overly marketed film. Uh, but what what do you think about the posters? So that was interesting. So we know that this was premiered
2: in August 2000. Mm. Then had a UK Europe release in September. It was a very long drawn out affair to get the movie released internationally so much so that in 2001 the us and many other territories discovered snatch for the first time and that was almost like a second form of of marketing Mm. which led to this very interesting uh, effect where when the movie was first marketed in 2000 there was a very distinctive style both from from the movie but also from the poster you may remember you had that kind of dual tone style It had this kind of hazardous, almost kind of chemical symbol. Uh, It felt almost like a warning uh, poster. And you had the characters there standing, looking quite menacing, uh, looking directly at at the audience. And then the following year, they went for more of an international poster, which I think lost a lot of its identity and charm. It it was very much the characters, but in full color. And my issue with that, although I, I do understand why they did it, it's it doesn't match because there is a color identity in the film, particularly with the final fact, which uh, you know is matched by the original poster. Um, so, what did you make of it yourself?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think the the uh original poster is so much more evocative of the film itself as you say it has the right color palette it focuses in on well it tells you the names of the characters as well which is very important brick top turkish (laughs) bullet tooth that sort of thing i think that that's very very important and it gets across immediately what you're going to what you're going to get from the film from its tone
2: yeah i think that the the original the the newer uh, poster which has been used now for the 20th, wedding um, anniversary, 20th anniversary of the movie and now the 4K release, it just feels, it feels too much like Big Short and all the other type American films, but it's, outside the, it's out of the hands of the, of the producers. What they did do at the time, they had an official website, which may seem like a, a given, but this is 2000, Roger, so yeah. um, sadly the website is no longer uh, available. But there was enough articles to praise, actually the use of the website to, qu- to again match the style of the original poster and the style of the film. So what you would do is go online and it was probably a flash website I'd imagine where the, um, the, the, the snatch word would start to fade out, mm-hmm. dissolving to show the, the poster. And then you could click to watch and download the trailer, teaser trailer and some scenes with the main characters.
1: And they've carried on marketing the film really for the for the whole of the twenty years, haven't they? Um, you know, I see videos pop up on YouTube all the time. You know, there was there was an interview with Alan Ford uh, recently, which I saw on there. And um, Guy Ritchie himself has done a recent reminiscence, hasn't he, of it's twenty years since Snatch, and he and he goes into quite a lot of detail as to how they made the film and where the ideas came from and and how he directed it. And maybe that's all.
2: And, and, and first observation, which is one could argue that the marketing campaign lacked, uh, you know, kind of pace and and wasn't really grabbing the audience by the scruff the way the film might do. But then on the reverse, yes, you're absolutely right. For the last twenty twenty one years, people have been talking about snatch whether that is newspapers for example doing articles to give you a tour of the different pubs and location you use you know, on snatch you could have you on pub crawl and be where turkish was or where you know cousin avi waited you know wait for for the diamonds to be given to him and then there was um, a documentary made in 2001 for the uh, international audience and then there was different versions you, you expected dvds blu-ray and so on but each time the the actors the producers. Even the costume designers were being interviewed to reminisce uh, about the film and 20 years is a long time and yet people keep talking about it, keep wanting to look at it and they in the process therefore gain new viewers and there is now a trend on YouTube you may have noticed of people doing first reactions videos
1: yeah and and again the aforementioned brick top as well such an iconic character and and again his lines in the film i can't quote because pretty much everything he says has an f word or a c word in it but there's a there's a piece of uh, unofficial um snatch related stuff if you go looking for it on youtube and that is it's called brick vader and somebody some genius has actually taken scenes from star wars and actually dubbed Bricktop's dialogue over Darth Vader. Um, and it is absolute genius and absolutely hilarious to the point of you will be rolling around on the floor laughing <laughs> your head off. It is just so funny what this person's done. But that's what you can do with a character which not only is frightening in his delivery of his words, but the words themselves are just absolutely Crafted to per- perfection, and another thing I'll say as well is whether you've bought the the original DVD or the Blu-ray, or hopefully these will be on the 4K release as well. Is watch the deleted scenes. Uh, the on on the, certainly on the DVD there's about twelve minutes of deleted scenes, and some of those deleted scenes the the dialogue is equally as incredible and well written as the as the scenes that made it into the actual film and you know that Richie's cut these scenes purely from the point of view of pacing but those those scenes are worth watching as deleted scenes because they are just as good as what remained in the movie and, and some of some of them i'm thinking oh this is just joyous you should have left it in i know i know why he didn't but they are good. So, you know, most sometimes deleted scenes in films, you know why they were deleted, because they were rubbish. This, some of these deleted scenes are joyous to watch. So there are
2: a number of lessons that can be derived from a movie that people keep talking about 20 years later. So back to my earlier comment, perhaps a, you know, a simple marketing campaign that didn't achieve a great deal, but my God the payoff 20 years later, people are still talking about it. So for me, I'll, I'll begin, Roger. Lesson number one, I'm going to say, um almost kind of adopt a visual language from yes. the, the choice of colors the choice of the poster design the way in which you've got to go for the opening credits but a visual language which is all about the moving images the color palettes the texture and and stick with it throughout because uh, i think that'll serve you well but will really really make the audience believe that you put put the, the work in so that would be my first lesson what about you roger
1: yeah, I, I just I just think that um, it's it's experimentation with t- with storytelling, isn't it? It's that the way that they dovetail the different stories together, and and that takes a lot of planning. So you know, you know that I'm a big fan of storytelling, whether that's in marketing copy or whether in presentations and speeches but you can't just rock up and tell a story you've got to plan it you've got to script it and you've got to get the nuances and i think that if you watch snatch you'll realize just how well crafted these stories are and that's why the film works so well for me the lesson number two if there is one would be
2: strong and clearly defined characters Mm. and memorable quotable dialogues and discussions now i'm very aware that this may be a stretch for me from a business point of view but actually if you want to do case studies if you want to do product demonstrations even you know sales promo think about you know the the messaging think about maybe the writing are you creating copy that you know is memorable that is repeatable by your future customers um so i'm sure you know that you're not going to disagree but do you have maybe some some quotes or some moments in Snatch that are your, oh, your favourites. gosh,
1: gosh! I mean, it's it's just hard to pick ones that don't involve swearing. But obviously, feed them to the pigs. Errol um, is is one of Bricktop's uh, lines, and I mean, it sounds you know it sounds quite humorous when said out of context. But this guy kills people and feeds them to pigs as a way of getting rid of the evidence. You know, it's um, it's. Uh, um, What's he called? Jason Statham's character, Turkish. Towards the end, they're in the caravan, and you know that their their options are limited. And he says, "You you tell me how to control a mad gypsy, and and I'll tell you how to control an unhinged pig feeding gangster." <laughs> I mean, th- these things are just 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 joyous. I, I love the two girls as well, yes. um, who work in um, dug the heads. You know, they're, they're twins, obviously in real life. And and just the dialogue between Yeah, Dad, you told us. Yes, Dad, you told us and they just repeat each other's lines, it's, it's glorious. Uh, oh, the, I, I it's every line is quotable. Pascal. Pretty much, you know, which which is hard. I mean, for me,
2: um, cousin Avi, I mean stitches back in the days in cinema and now. So do you know when he makes a decision to go to London and then yes. his um, kind of accomplices looking at him weirdly. See, no, London, you know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bat food, worst weather, Mary effing poppins, London, you know, and he's just running yeah. Yeah. this but there's one at the end where <laughs> sorry i'm laughing because i can see the scene where they're trying to understand where the diamond is yeah and they've managed to kind of literally uh trap uh, vincent saul and tyron into their, their uh, into a room and he says you know i'm getting a hard burn, tony
1: do something terrible do something terrible yeah <laughs> and and it's this uh, look in the dog." What do you mean, look in the dog? Yes. Open the dog up. Well, it isn't a tin of beans, is it? You know, oh, that's a bit rich, isn't it? You know, it's funny. Bullet-tooth Tony is perfectly happy to shoot people, to carve people up with a sword. But, you know, it's crossing a line when you have to Uh, hurt the dog. Back to the (laughs) humour, you know, whereby bullet-tooth Tony is a
2: killer but he's a big fan of Madonna and he's got lucky stars blasting through yes. know, the speakers yes. on his phone. So yes. uh, we first <laughs> move on to the next lesson. And for me, uh, this is inspired by a comment that Guy Ritchie gave during a documentary for lesson number three, is to be a counterexample of the current trend. So he took a view of what the world thought of British film production, and he realized they were either costume drama or kind of sad, depressing social commentaries. And you say, I'm going to flip it and be a counter example and show them what else we can do. So back to your viewers and listeners, take a look at what is happening and what is the norm in your sector industry and flip it, change the style and the genre and become a counter example.
1: Yeah, and I guess lesson number four, and we've already alluded to this with the videos that have appeared on YouTube from Guy Ritchie and others over the course of the last 20 years, is to always revisit your, your content, and get new reactions to it, you know, updated reviews, updated reactions, updated perspectives, and that way you can keep your content alive and current.
2: Yeah, superb, superb, Roger. Um, If I may, just because uh, I love it so much, when I was watching, um, when I went to the cinema for the first time to see Snatch, I was in London. I went to the Prince Charles, so UK and London-based viewers and listeners will know a very special uh, cinema Prince Charles for real filmgoers. And it was this very, very odd double bill of daylight with Steven Stallone and Snatch yes why not and i think you paid very little money and i sat there daylight was okay and then i'm sat there watching snatch and i knew that i would enjoy the film from the visually from the opening credits but i knew this is exactly the kind of thing i wanted to watch when quite early on the character of to- uh, tommy has bought a gun Yes. And Turkish discovers he has a gun. And he asks him, why do you have a gun? And Tommy says, it's for protection. And yes. Turkish says, protection from
1: what? The Germans? And the I just Germans. laughed out loud. <laughs> and I thought, this is going to be a blast. <laughs> in, and again, that's another repeated motif that comes up through the because he says the Germans <laughs> a, a number of times during the film. Pascal, yeah. we could talk about Snatch all day. We and could. we've already uh, talked about it. A lot today which just goes to show what a great film it is and what marketing lessons we can gain from it but we've come to the end of another episode of two geeks and a marketing podcast episode 46 thank you everyone for listening thank you everybody for watching do please give us some feedback leave some comments on the youtube channel talk to us on twitter we do appreciate it anything that you give us as feedback. It helps us to shape the show for the future. That's it from us for this week. So until next time, go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni.